This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women. I'm Sue Tab, and we have a special guest this morning. We'll talk with Nancy Farrell. She is a board member for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Greater Boston Chapter and a member of the National Public Policy Council. However, her involvement with AFSP is very personal as she lost her own brother, Michael, to suicide over 30 years ago. Nancy has been committed to promoting education and resources to prevent suicide. Good morning, Nancy, and welcome. Good morning. How are you? We are good. And, and, you know, I'm so happy to talk to you, but I first have to ask you sort of the obvious question, which is, you know, we're all living in these weird pandemic times. Has the pandemic, has COVID-19 put more people at risk for suicide? It's hard to answer that question directly, Sue. I think what we want to say is that it has both risks and surprisingly some benefits. And that's because this period of time has encouraged people to talk about their mental health, which is something that, as you know, over many years has gotten better, but has also often been difficult. So I think what we're seeing is um, an acknowledgement that self-care is really important. And um, so we, as an organization, have been uh, providing a lot of resources. So it's I know, I know the stress that people feel. I know that so many people have had challenges, but I hope that what they're doing is seeking help for them. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Are you seeing more people trying to access those resources? We are, and, and so that puts demand on the, on the supportive system, you know, therapists and social workers. and But, you know, they're... Even talking to a friend or a family member can make such a positive difference. And, gosh, there are so many resources online. Now, I know the last thing that most people want to do is spend another hour online after they've done Teams and Zoom and whatever. But but there is a lot of really helpful – like AFSP has a great – I think it was a Zoom probably. It's called Protecting Your Mental Health During the Coronavirus Outbreak. And it has really wonderful suggestions, you know, like about living in the moment and about really being willing to talk about your needs and and what you're worried about, Um, to talk about anxiety um, and to find, you know, places where you feel safe or doing things where you feel safe and staying connected. So so there's a lot of positive um, 
that I think we can refer people to, and there's a lot of support. And so I'm really hopeful that in the long run, we will have come through this period of time with some more strategies and supportive uh, technologies. September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and I want to talk a little bit about the statistics because those are still pretty sobering. During the year 2020, right here in Massachusetts, 647 people died by suicide or one person every 13 hours. That sort of begs the question, why is this a mental health crisis so far behind in research and funding than medical health crises? Well, that is really the question of the decade. Um, Mm. You know, we've gotten to a point where people are willing to talk about suicide. You know, as an organization, AFSP spends um, more money than anyone except the government on on research and into suicide prevention. And I think probably the the biggest issue is that we don't yet know. A lot of people struggle with mental health, live with challenges, but we're really not able yet to identify the people who may go on to die by suicide. And that's what we're focusing a lot of our research emphasis on. Um, so it, it's really, it's unacceptable. Now, we do know some of the statistics show that in, um, and they're not published yet, but we're hearing about them from you know different agencies, that there has been a slight decrease over the last two years, which is remarkably good news. Yes. But, but the problem is that there while there's been an overall small decrease in the rate of suicide, some groups have shown a higher rate. For instance, um, young black males and young black females, black girls, um, adolescents. And so those are, those are of great concern, those statistics. It's, it's great to have a lower rate, but we don't want to do it at the expense of one group or another. So the answer is complex because suicide is complex. But mm-hmm. asking for help and being willing to ask someone if he or she needs help is really an important part of, of saving lives, I think. So. And I want to I ask you about that because one of sort of your taglines, um, the AFSP's taglines, is be the voice. Yes. Talk about what that means. Well, it means a number of things. Um, being the voice is exactly what you and I are doing today, talking about this issue. Um, be the voice means... If someone needs help, listen. Um, that you know, listening is maybe the most important thing you could do, and not saying things like "Oh, you'll get better" or you know, that you, "You'll just get through this." Finding yeah, I, I know. I, I hate yeah. when people just say like, if somebody's feeling anxious, so oh, just go out and you know, take yeah. a brisk walk. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So, so yeah, so it's really listening and figuring out how you can help. Asking how you can help, you know. Um, a brisk yeah. walk isn't a bad thing, but do it with the person and talk about, you know, the challenges and, and maybe some solutions. So so that's another be the voice. Um, maybe a third one is um, joining the movement um, for suicide prevention and for supporting mental health. I mean, we have a strong advocacy program. We have one here in Massachusetts and one across the country. And and. The way we um, speak in those occasions is talking to our legislators, to our leadership, and talking about the importance of investing more money. I'll give you a perfect example. In Massachusetts, a couple years ago, um, legislation was passed that recommends that um, all school personnel, like from janitors to teachers to principals, uh, all get suicide prevention training, I think it's every three years. Mm-hmm. And But it wasn't funded. So, you know, what that means is that some school systems, which can afford to pay their teachers to get the training, do it. 
and others which can't afford it or you know aren't making it a priority aren't doing it. And so every year we're we're trying to go to the legislature to say we need money to fund this program. Yeah. We need we can save children's lives. So you can be the voice for that kind with very, you can stay you can do it from home. You sign up on afsb.org to become an advocate and then you just we send you a pre-written letter and it gets sent to your um to your elected officials. And so you, as simply as that, you can be a voice for suicide prevention. Talk more about um, recent legislation. Um, you also have a new uh, 988 emergency line. Tell us about that. Yes, this is something we've, we've worked on for years in coalition in Washington, but I'm proud to say we were the leaders on it. You know, if you call, if, you, if someone in your family is in crisis, in a mental health crisis, and you dial 911, Odds are the police department is going to show up, maybe with an ambulance. But we really know that if if those those police or um, the ambulance that shows up also has a mental health professional, or if a group of mental health professionals or a social worker or someone who's trained to respond answers, then there's sometimes you know there are deaths, there are injuries if the right response isn't provided. So 988 would be like 911 but it would be for a mental health crisis or emergency. It was passed federally, and now we are working with every state. You know, AFSP is working with all 50 states to implement the program. And the way it works, and I didn't know this about 911, but basically we all pay a small fee on our phone bills to fund 911, so that, and it took years to roll out. We don't want 988 to take years to roll out because right. we need it now. Yeah. So um, so what this legislation would do would be to set up that fee to enable um, all of the uh, phone providers um, to take collect the money so that we can fund this 988 system, not just the technology, Sue, that's needed to set it up, but also the people who are going to answer those emergency calls and send the right person, you know, right. to aid you and your family. So all the people who answer the lifeline right now they get funded by volunteers, by um, by donors, by things like that, like groups like the Samaritans or groups in Metro West who do all this work. Um, but what we really and, and unfortunately, we don't have enough staff in Massachusetts to answer those calls. So some percentage, sometimes as high as 40 or 50 percent, go out of state. That's not really what wow. we want. We really want to, in addition to setting up 988, the legislation would fund, would help to fund the people who answer the calls and direct the help. Right. So that's really important. So passing the legislation was only the first sort of hurdle, and now the funding and the, and the implementation is the focus. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're um, actually, um, I got some good news that I think some of the money that's rolling down from the federal government um, through COVID may be able to be applied to 988. But we're working hard, you know, on at, on every possibility to make sure it gets funded and implemented. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you are listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. And we've been talking with Nancy Farrell. She's a board member for the Greater Boston Chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and a member of the National Public Policy Council. She lost her brother to suicide in 1992 and has been sharing her story and the organization's mission to spread awareness and reduce the stigma associated with mental illness. If you don't mind, I'd like to get a little more personal now and just talk about your connection to this cause. Um, of course, you lost your brother back in 1992. And I want to know what that experience was like then 
And how have we come to better understand how to talk about and treat mental health issues? That's a really good question, Sue. You know, I, was, I came from an average family, I think. I'm the oldest of five. My brother was a year younger than I. And um, he struggled for a year. He was 40 years old. He struggled for a year with some really severe depression. He was hospitalized, and we all had this great hope that he would recover. And I think he didn't believe in his recovery. And I think, um, you know, in 1992, we knew a lot less than we know now. Certainly Mm -hmm. the family we knew, even though we had two psychologists and a nurse in the family, um, it just never really, we just never really believed he would die by suicide. Right. Um, That's a harsh lesson. And Uh, you certainly didn't have the resources available to even tap into at that time. No, no, especially, um, especially it's just not, you know, like, I didn't know anyone. Let, Let me put it this way. I don't think I knew of anyone who had died by suicide, but I may well have, but no one ever talked about it. Right. And people didn't talk about, you know, a mental health challenge. You know, it was probably your fault or you had done something wrong. It, 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 was, it was just not something that was, uh, well, I don't know, it was probably understood at some level, but not in the general public. And so my family fortunately found a support group that was led by uh, someone trained by AFST, and when I went to that first meeting, I had no. I went with my mother and my sister, and um, I had no idea how I was going to make it through. And when we finished, when when the group finished t- talking about their experiences and came around to me, all I could do was really thank everyone and say, I, I didn't know how I'd make it through this meeting, much less the next year. And there was hope that these people had survived this devastating loss and and. And even today, even though we know more, I just learned of a de- devastating loss of the spouse of a chapter leader for AFSP died by suicide. And wow. Gosh, you know it. So anyway, AFSP was founded by a group of, of mental health professionals and people who had lost someone to suicide, what we call, what we call a loss survivor, which is what I am. And, and from that time to now, Obviously, we still lose people by suicide, but I think that there is a culture in which we can talk about anxiety and fears and depression and things like that, and people understand they're treatable, that we can work together, we can help each other. There are professionals out there who can address um, and hopefully um, keep people... A lot of people live with depression all their lives, but there are treatments, there are medications, and we're learning more about the brain. The brain, I think, is the last uncharted mm-hmm. part of us. And yes. um, so so still today, those horrible events take place, and, and our heart goes out to everyone, and we do our best. We have a lost, pro- lost program. We have people who will come and spend time with a family that's lost a member or a friend. And um, we do our best to um, welcome those people into this uh, unhappy club, but one in which we hope we can make a difference for the future. Yeah. We, I report the news on magic. And as you know, my, my colleague on the morning show, David O'Leary, a longtime member of the Boston chapter, he has educated myself and um, our co-host Kendra. He's educated us so much on even the language that you should use around suicide you know, not to use certain words or phrases when referring to suicide. Can you talk a little bit about the language and um, sort of how far we've come with that? Because I think that's important, too. Thank you. Yes. Um, we've always said in this society someone committed suicide. 
And, you know, it's an unfortunate use of uh, the term because you commit a crime, you commit a sin. Um, and so what we say is someone died by suicide or someone took his or her life. Uh, it put, it's clearly, you know, most people, no one really wants to die in those circumstances. And, and it's, it's, it's the illness that drives people. Um, and so we really, we really need to be more careful about how we talk about it. The other thing we don't talk about um, is, is how someone died because, first of all, it's so personal and so hurtful to the family. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it can, it can prompt people to think things. Now, I don't want to say that you can't ever talk about suicide and how people feel. You should, especially if you, think someone, if you, if you worry about someone being at risk. But we don't focus on those means. What we try to do is talk about um, what we should be doing, um, how we can go forward, how we can support a family or, or a friend who's lost someone. And, and so I think there's something to be said for taking care of, of our language. On the other hand, I think um, we shouldn't be afraid. You know, a lot of people are afraid to talk to someone about whether they're suicidal. Mm-hmm. And most research shows that that is not a problem, that people are, even if they don't respond immediately and saying, like, thank God you're talking to me, um, it's important. To, to let someone know you care and not to be afraid to have that conversation. And if you're really afraid for someone's safety, you get them somewhere to the right place immediately. But don't be afraid to talk and listen and be supportive. Yeah, that's good advice. This Thursday night, Nancy, which is September 23rd, David O'Leary will host an hour-long special program. It's called I'm Listening, and it'll be right here on Magic. He'll talk with the Mass Department of Mental Health, a researcher from the BU School of Social Work, our friends at Call to Talk who are on the front lines, and some others. Talk about why programming like this is so important and what other programs you offer out in the communities. Absolutely, David. You know, I met David when he invited me to speak on his public affairs show shortly after I'd lost my brother and he'd lost his cousin. David's been a leader in this movement ever since, um, so I'm grateful to be his friend and and to work on these issues with him. Um, We have a number of programs that we offer, and we'll come to a business, to a school, anywhere to to, uh, deliver the program. We have one called More Than Sad, which is basically for uh, younger students. Um, and we come and talk about what you do if you're in that position of being more than sad and, and how we can help you um, uh, address that issue. We have something called It's Real, which is a college program. Um, kids go off to college. They face a lot of challenges they may not have anticipated. Uh, things are good, but they can turn uh, tough. And so this, is, this shows um, what kind of resources can be available. And the one that most people um, is a first step is called something – called Talk Saves Lives, which is basically what we're talking about now, which is how you talk to someone or how you listen to someone who really needs help. And David has given the Talk Saves Lives program I don't know how many times. Oh, I think, uh, yes, like hundreds. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and he's really good at it. And um, But the other thing is that, um, you know, even on our website, for instance, the Mental Health and COVID page has all sorts of terrific programs. Um, throughout the years, we, we've done a lot um, because of um, Black Lives Matter. We've done a lot of programs and, um, and thinking about how, um, for instance, for, historically there's been a fairly low rate of suicide in the black community, but it's increasing. So how do we work with that community? What should we be doing? So there's, awful, there's lots of issues and um, conversations. 
that people can just tap into online. Or they can, you know, walk with us at a walk that's coming up this fall or, you know, talk with a member of our board or a volunteer. There's a million ways to get involved at any level that's appropriate for you. Oh, and I do want to talk about that. But before we talk about that, one other thing, I want to talk about the walks that you do in the fall. And I know a lot of charities do walks, but these are super important. It's called Out of the Darkness. It's happening here in Boston on October 30th and other places on other dates in the fall. In addition to, of course, raising critical funds, these walks bring people together. Um, and I feel like there's tremendous power in that sort of collective support. Um, and that's really important, I would imagine. It really is, Sue. And, you know, I was on the national board years ago when someone brought up the idea of walks, and we all kind of like, oh, I don't know. You know? Right. There's <laughs> you know, so many of them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. There's a power in these. There's a power in people getting together on a common topic. And this one is particularly um, emotional in some ways and also supportive in others. You know, these are the people who walk are people who are living with a mental health challenge, Um there are people who are lost survivors. They are friends, family. And it's a short walk usually, maybe three miles. Or you can just donate and come and hear the speakers. Um, and it's, it's a way, to, as we talked earlier, to be the voice, to speak for the person you've lost, to speak for yourself or a family member. Um, and uh, I think there's about eight of them this year. And it's, it's just... Um, it, there's a power in it. There's strength in it. And I think there's recovery, too. Uh, it's hard. You know, I lost my brother so many years ago, but there are still many days when I think about him and I, I dedicate the work I do. But the other part of it is that this, this community has become my second family. And there are people that I don't have to explain myself to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do things together and we're supportive and when we come together, all together, in a walk, there's there's a lot of power there. Talk about the Boston Walk itself on October 30th. If people are interested, how do they get involved in that? So you can just go to the AFSP website, AFSP.org, um, and search for the Massachusetts chapter, and you'll see a list of all the walks. Um, and they, they range from the Berkshires to... Springfield, Worcester, uh, Metro West, and Natick Town Common on October 17th, and then Boston on the 30th. We're still getting our final Boston permit. COVID's slowing everything down, but don't worry, we'll be there. <laughs> uh, and so you can get info on the website, um, and um, we welcome anyone. Um, we are, it is a fundraiser, um, and we encourage people to donate, but as much or as little as you can. Yeah. It's really important, yeah. In the final minute that we have, Nancy, just talk a little bit about, um, so AFSP.org is your website, but I just want to emphasize that people can can get involved sort of at any level. I mean, they can get super involved and be a, you know, part of the chapter or they could, you know, walk or they could just make a donation or volunteer. Talk a little bit about different ways people might get involved. Absolutely. I mean, you could go on. You could go on Facebook and search for David O'Leary. He's running the marathon. For That's AFSP. right. <laughs> and he is. Oh my God, he's going to do great. He has trained. He has been super oh. disciplined, and a lot of people. I think he's already blown away his goal um, to raise funds funds for AFSP, and and we're so proud of him. Absolutely. And and you can write a letter to your uh, representative or senator. You can sign up to be someone what's called a field advocate, which I said, we'll send you a letter 
and you just say, okay, it looks good, or you can add your personal story to it. You can come to a walk. You can, um, you can just be someone who's willing to talk about mental health at some level, and that's really a good way to start. Um, and we need voices everywhere, and so we're mm-hmm. grateful for anyone who decides to join us. Nancy Farrell, thank you for all of your insight, for sharing your own personal story, and, well, just for all you do to promote education and advocacy around mental health issues. We so appreciate it. Thank you, and you're doing the same thing right now, Sue, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Nancy. If you'd like to join the effort to raise awareness and funds that allow the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to invest in new research, create educational programs, advocate for public policy, and support survivors of suicide loss, visit AFSP.org. You've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. It is our honor and privilege to provide a platform for people who are out doing meaningful work in our communities. Thank you for paying attention and for helping us to create engaging programming. We'd love to hear from you. If you know someone who is making a difference, just email us or send us a message on our Magic Facebook page. I'm Sue Tab, and along with my co-host and producer, Kendra Petroni, we'd like to invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 